Good morning and welcome to episode 16 of the Quickie Podcast. Thank you so much for being here and thank you for investing some time in listening to these episodes. Really hope you're getting some value out of them and enjoying them. Today, my guest is David Watson, who is the Executive Creative Director of Design at Mosaic. Uh, Dave also put in over 14 years at a little company called Taxi, which I'm sure we've all heard of. And he has got a really nice Behance page. He's got some great work posted there um, that him and his team have all put together. So definitely check that out, Dave Watson on Behance. And let's get right into today's episode. Dave Watson from Mosaic. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field. And we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a quickie? Dave, how are you? I'm very well. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, tell the listeners about yourself. Um, so, I was uh, born and raised in a small uh, northern Ontario town called Thunder Bay, uh, and um, then I went to Sheridan College for design. I've been working in the design field for just over 20 years, uh, 14 of which uh, were spent at um, a place called Taxi, where I really uh, sort of um, had some good years, and then about two years ago, I left Taxi to uh, become the ECD of design here at Mosaic. Awesome. Yeah. And so going back way even further, I want to ask yeah. about your childhood. Um, do you feel that you had a creative childhood? I, I, did, I do feel like I had a creative uh, um, childhood. I think <laughs> mainly because in Thunder Bay, it's winter eight months of the year. <laughs> so staying inside and dry and being creative is kind of what you have to do to, to uh, stop the insanity of minus 40 below. And so yeah. I would... And uh, I was a big comic book guy, so I would often try to duplicate uh, uh, comic book artists. But I was also, even back in the day, I was really into poster design. And I, and I, even when I did art, uh, in, even in art classes, all of my teachers would say, wow, your style was very graphic. And you should think about perhaps um, if you're interested uh, is being a graphic designer. And so I, had, I got a little bit of nudge in that, uh, in that direction. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm familiar with Thunder Bay. I have a whole lot of family back in Chatham, Ontario. Ah, nice. Yeah, and we've been all around Ontario and Toronto. Most of my, both my parents are from there. So, Lovely. Yeah. So what do you think then led you to really pursuing the design career, the creative career? Well, in high school, I, I'm a little sheepish to admit that I wasn't the greatest student in the world, and it was primarily because I didn't adapt uh, to, uh, to, or I didn't, sorry, I didn't apply myself to uh, a lot of my courses because I didn't have, I didn't have passion for it. But then, in I think it was grade 11, uh, um, I took a course called graphic design. Now, this is, I'm going to date myself, but this is probably somewhere around 1993, 1992, 1993, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And, um, I walk into a room and I see a room full of um, 
uh, Macintosh LC3s. Uh, and again, I'm dating myself. Um, but the idea of a high school course where it was basically to create art and, and using technology, um, I uh, became a, a lover of design right off the bat. And I said, mm-hmm. Cannot believe that people get paid for this because it's so much fun. And it, from that moment on, I knew that what I wanted to do. And so again, a, a pretty poor student turned into a nerd overnight because uh, I knew that that was my ticket uh, uh, to a, a good, hopefully, a good career. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Don't worry about dating yourself. That means you have more. You have more experiences to share. Fair enough. enough. (laughs) So take us back to when you first started noticing design in the real world, out in the world. What did you start seeing? Well, um, I think that, I think, because I'm such a music guy, um, album covers and CD covers was probably my first um, sort of foray into into design. Um, But I think that for me, uh, I always tell people that when I was in first year at Sheridan, um, the thing that really was sort of a um, um, watershed moment for me as a designer was um, at Sheridan, oftentimes what they would do in the fall is they would have these uh, weeks where poster vendors would come and sell movie posters. Okay. And, uh, and so I remember going and I saw these posters, a series of posters for the original Trainspotting movie. And that for me was like, that is what I want to do because uh, it was amazing storytelling. It was, uh, it was stylish. It was smart. It was funny. Uh, and it used Helvetica new in a way that I had never seen before. And I was like, I cannot believe how great these are. And that for me, uh, you know, if, if you and I were at a cocktail party, I would tell that exact same story because really that for me was the, the time where I noticed um, what design could possibly be. That is a cool story. Posters. The train spotting posters. That's it. I have to look up the visual after because I can't picture that, but I definitely want to look that up. Yeah, you please do. I mean, they were uh, black and white photography with neon orange Helvetica canoe, and uh, it, for some reason it really spoke to me. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so then what is something you wish you knew when you first started out in the creative field? I think the biggest thing is that um, if you want something, uh, whether it is a, uh, a a new title or a or promotion or a or or the chance to work on a on a great project, you mm-hmm. cannot sit back and think that um, your hard work alone is going to get it for you. You yeah. really have you really have to go after what you want. And I, you know, to this day, even twenty years later, I still suffer from that, where it's a little bit naive in my thinking that if I do a great job, good things will happen. Yes, but you also have to go after things that you want. Definitely. What has been the most influential design of your life so far? Either something you've seen or something you've been a part of? Um, I would say that even though I wasn't the the creator of the original uh, brand, but I I worked on for a long time at Taxi, I worked on uh, TELUS which uh, in this country from coast to coast, if you say tell us the first thing that they think about is uh, white space animals or critters as they're called uh, and and beautiful typography. And so um, when I first started on that brand, it was actually called ClearNet. Uh, and then TELUS purchased ClearNet, not for their uh, customer base, but because of the brand that they had. Uh, and then I think that speaks volumes to uh, the success that design had in the Canadian marketplace. And I'm mm-hmm. proud, proud to have been part of that team. 
That it's funny you say that because even my we're with Telus and my nine year old daughter said to me driving the other day out of the blue, Dad, how come all Telus ads all have animals in them? <laughs> it's like, and it occurred to me like my daughter now understands the brand of Telus. She exactly. can recognize it in a heartbeat. There you go. True branding, right? When a when a, a young person can say that they recognize and ask questions about something, that's mm-hmm. the power of true branding. There you go. Yeah. So do you ever run into creative blocks and how do you get past them? All the time. I'm human like everybody else. Um, and um, I think the, the biggest thing that I do is to try to think in a different way that I've done before. Try to put, sometimes I try to put things away and not think about them. Um, oftentimes I try to do things that are, um, that let my brain rest. So, you know, uh, a lot of creative people say that they, their best ideas have come to them, um, while they're shampooing their hair in, in the shower or riding the streetcar or doing things where your brain is able to relax and not really think of uh, something. And so that true. is where the great ideas come from. Mm-hmm. So I, I try to help my brain do that as best I can. So unplug. That's the big one. Unplug, yeah, absolutely. I get off Instagram and, and just think. <laughs> Perfect. What has been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? I would say that every day is a new challenge. And, and um, I think that um, helping clients uh, understand um, what design can do, especially now in 2019, is more important than ever. And some clients get it, some clients don't, unfortunately. And I think that uh, uh, trying to sell good work is getting, um, from my perspective, it's getting harder because um, people want to see higher return on investments quicker. Mm-hmm. And uh, brands uh, and branding is a longer term play as opposed to a overnight success. And so I think that would be the biggest challenge is to try to convince clients that they're going in the right direction and they will see a return over time and maybe not just uh, tomorrow. A challenge for sure. Customer expectations. Yeah. Uh, social media. Do you feel social media has changed graphic design or the process of design? And is that beneficial or harmful? Well, I think like, like all forms of technology, it's a double-edged sword. Um, uh, so I have clients. I, one of the things that we do at Mosaic is, is, is package design. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I have clients coming to me asking me for package design that's good enough for uh, in, Instagram worthy. And that for me is a, is a positive because it basically means that good enough is no longer good enough, you know, and they have to raise the bar. So I appreciate that. On the other end uh, as well is that I think that designers need for um, um, uh, for need for love from other designers. Uh, you know, when I see things on, um, uh, what is it called? Is it Twibble or, uh, or Dribble? Dribble, mm-hmm. uh, where people are putting up uh, work and, uh, and sometimes the haters are going to hate and good ideas are destroyed or bad ideas are, are elevated uh, because of... Uh, opinions. And so I think that um, designers need to be careful uh, of how they use social media and how they use it you know, during their creative process. Mm-hmm. So who is a designer or brand that you look up to or fo- closely follow? And what is it about them that you like? I always 
Beirut from Pentagram. Uh, I, I love him for not only his work, but the way he speaks work, the way he seems to be a guy who has beat on the ground uh, and he has crazy climbing will do. And uh, I just really appreciate uh, his, his ethos and his thought process uh, and uh, his um, standard of work time and time again. There are a couple of projects that I see that comes from, from him or Pentagram that I don't love. Um, but, but by and large, uh, I'm always impressed with the thought and the, excuse me, the outcome of Pentagram's work. Mm-hmm. Who was the name at Pentagram that you gave a, a shout out to? Michael Beirut. And he's, Michael. One of the, yeah, he's one of the partners in the, you would, you would know him, um, from brands such as he did the Saks Fifth Avenue brand. He did Hillary, Hillary Clinton's, um, uh, branding for when she was off, uh, president ago. Um, and, and he just recently, most recently work is the redesign for Slack. So the next question would be, how can design make a difference in people's lives? I think uh, design thinking can absolutely uh, um, in, enrich people's lives. Um, I think that if people think that design is going to save the world, uh, they, they're probably a little bit on the naive side. But design thinking can solve a lot of different problems because, in my opinion, it's about uh, putting uh, solving problems, number one, and then putting the empathy the of the end user at the forefront of the the solution of the problem and i think that if more people did those two things uh solve problems and be empathetic to the people uh that uh, you're working towards then uh, there's very little that uh, design can and design thinking can't do well said so take us to a design or a project that you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result uh, what was that like, and how did that feel? Uh, it's, it's happened more times than I'd like to admit, but um, uh, it, once that really sticks out in my mind uh, is when I was uh, at Taxi working on the Holt Renfrew business, um, and we were working on a, on a, um, a an animation piece uh, for their um, launch of their fall campaign in the in the high end luxury uh, world. The fall campaign of the uh, of the release of, of a clothing line is the most important, and so we were creating an animation that would uh, be right uh, and and hopefully you know garner some online attention. And um, for a myriad of reasons, uh, it just did not turn out uh, the way I had hoped. Uh, I think I chose the wrong partner to create the animation. Uh, I put a little bit too much faith in their abilities. Um, the client, uh, and unfortunately, was um, a, a little bit nervous about the investment and therefore um, was really heavily involved day after day, which sometimes is great and sometimes is a challenge. Um, but if I it was to open it up right now and look back at it, uh, I'm, I think I'd be a bit squirmish about uh, showing it. Uh, but I'm sure all designers can say that there are a couple of projects that uh, in their career where they have felt the same. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. What is a project then that you have been a part of that you are the most proud of, the one that makes your heart sing or the biggest design feather in your cap? 
Uh, I'm pretty hard on myself. I'm pretty hard on my work. And so often um, it's the newest thing <laughs> that uh, makes me the happiest because I've just sort of finished it. And I think um, if you were to look at uh, some of my recent work online, we just recently finished a, um, a coffee table book that is uh, a brand book for Budweiser. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's one part brand standards manual, but three parts um, history and, and just uh, the Budweiser brand from t- up to bottom and very pleased with the way that turned out um, because it was not only in my opinion good work but also for a massive organization yeah i did see that on behance actually and it was beautiful oh thanks very much uh, i was a part of the overall team and a lot of different people worked really hard to make it uh, as good as it could be so where could i find i collect brand guideline books and things like that there's a there- print or design uh, books like that I find are really unique and cool to hang on to. Where can I find something like that? I'm sure I can steal you a copy. That would be fantastic. I'll have to shoot you something from Vancouver then. Sounds good. (laughs) Awesome. Um, What advice would you offer to new design grads looking to learn or make their mark in the industry? Um, I do a lot of, uh, of, of speaking engagements to young designers, both, uh, just finishing school and in the, in the marketplace. And, and, uh, uh, I, without being cliche, I think working really hard and being a sponge, if you can do those two things, I think that, uh, it's a good step in the right direction. So just work your butt off and absorb everything. Yeah, and and sometimes uh, you know I, I made this mistake when I was a younger design, designer as well as um, thinking that you knew everything about design or you think you know everything about uh, a business and um, nothing could be farther from the truth. Or no matter how good you are, there's still a lot to learn, and and young designers still still have to pay their dues in one way or the other. And so uh, for me, it's about um, being passionate, um, being hardworking, and and having a willingness to uh, be a team player. Mm-hmm. So what's next in graphic design and do you see any emerging trends or anything following that right now? Well, I think, I think uh, design can play a very big role in um, augmented reality and virtual reality. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that um, uh, certainly design thinking, illustrations, photography, three-dimensional work, all of those things that graphic designers can either bring to the table or create teams that can bring that to the table are going to be probably the the next next dimension, if you will, of design. Oh, very interesting. I like that point of view. What is one design product, tool, website, or community that you just can't live without? I'm fairly addicted to Behance. Uh, it's incredible to me things. Number one is um, how easy it is for all of us to be inspired slash depressed with all the <laughs> world class world class work that is being done uh, at the uh, at our fingertip. Mm-hmm. I mean, back in the day, you have to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on awards annuals to now with a couple of clicks you can see um it see it all um and then the number two is that i'm still amazed that uh great work is being sold through i hope it's i hope it's real i mean that that's the, always the challenge with the online world is you don't know uh, if it's real or not i remember somebody sent, sending me a note on behance saying that they loved the um photoshop 
PSD um, uh, mock-ups that I created for the, 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 the Budweiser book. And my, my response to them was that they're not PSD mock-ups. They are photographs of the real thing. And so my hope is that some of the work that we're seeing is actually, it actually got to market and it's real uh, because there's some great work being done. Mm-hmm. Oh, well said. Uh, Dave, that's the last question I had for you. So hang on the line for after I hit stop record here. But- All right. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Again, that was David Watson, who's the Executive Creative Director of Design at Mosaic. Uh, go check out Dave's Behance page because it is awesome. He has some great work up there. And you can also find him on Instagram at Dave JMW. Thanks a lot for listening. Take care.